Good afternoon, everybody. Um, I'm Steve Ed, uh, VP of Sales at EBSDA, and I'm your host today. Um, welcome to another episode of Sales Leadership or Access. Um, it's our weekly broadcast dedicated to helping sales leadership. Each week, we bring four uh, sales leaders in front of a live audience to discuss the biggest topics facing us right now. This week, uh, we're looking at sales communities, uh, what role they play, how to leverage uh, the networks that exist, whether to create your own, um, and how to turn a personal network into an engaged sales community. Let me introduce uh, uh, our guest. So we have Gallum Germe, who's uh, an AE by day, working for a fast-growing fintech called Flywire. But as of six months ago, is also the co-founder of RevGenius, which is a community of revenue-generating sales, marketing, and RevOps professionals. We have Jared Robin, 15-year sales veteran with the last five years as senior leader, and also, as of six months ago, is co-founder of uh, RevGenius. Uh, we have Kevin Mulrain, who's um, he's an experienced sales leader, currently vice president of mid-market sales and customer experience at Global Web Index. Um, and for the past year has been the co-host of the Addicted to Growth podcast. And interestingly, I saw on LinkedIn a peach and wine enthusiast. So I'll see if we can somehow weave that into today's uh, discussion. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> And finally, uh, a sort of change uh, to uh, what was advertised. Our final guest is Josh Smith. Josh's sales career started with uh, selling sweets at his school and has taken him on a journey that uh, two years ago has led um, him to founding and running uh, CSO UK, which is Europe's largest community of senior revenue leaders. Uh, welcome, everybody. Thank you. Um, I thought for um, sort of context to, for the rest of the discussion, I'd start with um, a sort of a, a bit of a, dry, a general question of um, what does a sales community look like to you and what should its function be? And maybe Gallum, if you could uh, start, um, start us off. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's a big question because yeah. it means so much to different people and like if you think about a sales community in terms of the, like the organization that you might be working in or a sales community, like we're all uh, a part of and like Jared and I have created. Uh, but I think at the core of it is the belonging piece. Like if you're feeling as a member, as a contributing member to a community, feel like that is a place you can call home or even like we refer to our community as almost like a family. Like we really get to know each other. We vibe with each other we understand each other and that's the sense of belonging to me, what a sales community should feel and, and look like. So it is a, a big question to answer, uh, I think, but uh, you know, it can mean a lot of different things depending on who you are, what your purpose is for belonging to community or creating one, uh, but I can speak for myself and for me, it was the piece of belonging, knowing that this is a place where I have a home, where I'm opening up the doors for others to come in, to thrive in, to learn from uh, and to grow. Fab. Um, Kevin, to you. Yeah, no, I think uh, I guess I I think that's that's pretty spot on. Like, I think there can be um, a lot of different meanings and a lot of different values depending on who you are and what you're looking for. But um, the piece for for me and, and Galen, you hit it right on the head, which is it's the learning piece. Um, I think that you know, uh, especially within sales, it's it's innovating, it's changing rapidly, and so being able to have 
um, people you can go to for advice and, and seek guidance or, or, you know, learnings and things of that nature. So it is about bringing people together, um, learning, giving back and, uh, you know, helping, helping kind of rise the tides. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, Josh, yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to, to say something there. That, uh, <laughs> um, Fair enough. I think that what we've what we've probably seen with communities as a whole is a big shift over the last five to ten years. I think you know communities once were a place where you'd invite your favourite five or ten customers to to kind of help other customers better use your product or service, and that was kind of as far as they went. But now it's that it's that definite place where it's inclusive. Um, and people come there without all the answers. I think that's the that's the main thing. It's the willingness of, and without all the answers. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll get into the detail a little bit more. But um, like I'm a I'm a member of Rev Genius, and that's the thing that's amazed me is that sharing. It's I have this moment. I'm in this moment. I have this question. How can I can I help? And I think that's been something that um, for me as a leader, that's been like. Um, sort of quite liberating actually it's been good um and jared not to labor this point any further and you might not have anything else to add but <laughs> I, I might uh my co-founder said it so eloquently and you all bought <laughs> it every little niche um the one takeaway to add to all of this in the day of linkedin is a community is a place for giving right um linkedin we're all on there, et cetera. It's often a place to uh, attract something, <laughs> you know, attract people, attract leads, attract. And, and, and I say, I use the word attract now. It used to be go out and get, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but now you're posting every day, the hooks of attracting. Communities, you're literally asking. You're asking and you're getting. Um, a, a cool anecdote, and, and one of our values is, is not to sell or, or rules is not to sell or, or outwardly promote. And I felt one coming on one time from a member and I said, okay, <laughs> don't do that. Let's have a little chat. <laughs> what, what are you looking for? Are you looking for more business? That, that's what it seems like it is, right? Yes, I am. So I said, well, instead of saying, hey, my company does this, we could do A, B, and C. These are perfect customers, all this. That's what everybody does. And frankly, we're a community of 7,800 salespeople now. So if we gave free reign, it would be the wild, wild west. Why don't you just ask for help instead? Say, hey, I would like to do this. Can somebody help me be more efficient? You know what happened? People helped <laughs> and people yeah. spoke to them. So um, that, that's, the, that's the core difference. If we, if we go on any social network now and, and ask for help, I, I don't think it would be to the level of a community. And I guess is that then the essence of the difference between the network and business network and a community? Um, is that is that what we're talking about here? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we operate as Galen said, like community is family. Yeah. Um, there's certain levels of qualification that get you in, and you feel like family. In the the openness of a LinkedIn, a Facebook, an Instagram, sure you have your your connections, but. Yeah. Is is it truly family like that? Uh, that's the difference. And Kevin, maybe to your your maybe that lends itself nicely into your experience as hosting a podcast. I guess there's to Gavin's point at the very beginning, community can be quite different or means different things to different people. I mean, uh, 
if we're thinking about this difference between the network and community, that, 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 can you put that in some context from a from, from a host perspective? Yeah, and and I'd say you know when when Travis King and I started the podcast, it it wasn't necessarily with the intention of of building a community. I think that sort of um, was a byproduct of of creating the podcast. And so you start you know uh, building really good relationships, building a listener base, and then all of a sudden you start finding. Um, there's all these different ways where you're kind of connecting people and you're helping people out. And whether it's, we bring on an amazing guest who can just, you know, drop some really cool knowledge and share experiences and insights and people can hear that. Like, that's amazing. Um, that's why I started it. Like I, I started the podcast with Travis because I wanted to learn. Um, and I knew it'd be a really fun way for me to learn and to grow by just going out and speaking with people. Um, but then little by little, like you just start, you know, getting a lot of LinkedIn messages and you just start learning about more people and how you might be able to help. And I mean, we've, we've helped people get jobs, you know, like people were like, Hey, listen to your podcast. Love it. I see that they're actively looking. I might be able to connect them. And people have even come back and be like, Hey, like you, you made an intro. You hooked us up with a great person. Um, they obviously did all the work, but a simple intro goes a really long way. So um, yeah, so it's, it's been a really exciting thing and, and we're kind of seeing it build more and more. Brilliant. And sort of, let's move on. So we, we uh, there's a sense of that difference between a, a network and a community. And uh, Jared, you talked about sort of LinkedIn as probably like the biggest business network almost. How should businesses sort of be uh, thinking about, and, and I guess look, I know this is wide ranging, but should businesses be building their own communities or, or, um, investing in in others and I, and I know that there's not one uh, one rule fits all but maybe Josh just over to you about that sense of business's role um, in communities yeah so I'll um I'll try not to sound like a politician with this one because <laughs> it's not a yes or no sort of answer no, I appreciate that I think that if you're looking to build communities of brand if revenue is the number one reason, then I think you're probably set up to fail. Um, I think that the, the main thing with community as a whole is purpose. You know, it's that group of people coming together around a shared purpose. So if the purpose is, is, if, if the purpose is money, it's not the right thing. I think that if you're looking to do other things like champion the, the voice of your customer, to, to personally learn and to improve what you do day to day, um, I think then that's when brands can can utilize it and ultimately a byproduct of that then will be the future business that you generate in the community. Okay. And has anyone, um, this idea of like, building your own community, investing in another, in, in someone else's community, obviously, um, Gallon, Jared, you might have sponsors of particular tracks within, a, within your community. Um, Again, I appreciate there's no one size fits all, but if you had to land on one side, would it be build your own or, or invest in another? Oh, that's uh, such a hard thing, again, to answer because it really, like Josh said this, like one size fits no one. So you can't yeah. just like plug and play. There's no blueprint on what works for one company will work for somebody else because they are coming in with, again, like different reasons and purposes behind it. Some people just want to invest a very short amount of time or a small amount of money 
and that means something to them because they have a certain goal in mind and others, they want to create a partnership and, and a long-term investment. So it really depends and depends on the size of the organization and what the end goal is for them uh, with that. And then also depends on who are they investing into, what type of community does that fit what they're doing? So it, I don't like this answer of it depends and then having to explain why it depends, but yep. uh, that's what it is. But also adding to your previous point about the difference between a network and a community, I think the biggest one we saw early on was the vulnerability of our members because members were able to come into our community being very vulnerable, sharing things about their lives that they wouldn't be comfortable sharing elsewhere. So there's that and having uh, that level of trust and security within a community. I think it's harder to achieve that when you're part of such a large uh, network as LinkedIn, for example. And like speaking for your personal experience, like Rev Genius has gone from nothing to pretty significant in a really short space of time. Is it, is that down to some of those things you put around that, 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 um, the vulnerability and that it is the right the right community for a lot of people at the right time um yeah it, it's also leading by example and i want to kick it off to jared because he's doing a great job on doing this and, and leading by example showing the resources so jared i'll let you run with this one because you're great at well, this you know this is an awesome question and i'll give you some anecdotes of where, where it makes sense to start a community as a company and and where am i not to start okay uh, the CMS we use is Webflow. Webflow community is spectacular. You ever go in and, and you know all these no-code communities like the maker pads out there, if you don't know, like to help you build your product better and have this support group of people and folks that you could hire. You're not having that on an Upwork or an Elance or a Fiverr to the extent you have there, in, in my opinion. So when you could have a community that benefits the users of your product tremendously um, by having that community. I think that's big. That's big. Web, Web, Webflow is a great example of that, right? It's the CMS. I'm sure WordPress has one as well. And where, where are you going to go for that? Now, if you're a SaaS technology that has 20 competitors, <laughs> uh, it's a little different of a question in my opinion, right? Um, you're building your own community and your clients on an annual basis could be going back and forth <laughs> from one company to the next and multiple. So, so it might not be as much of a bedrock foundation as like a bubble and no code or, or, or something like that, or, um, you know, people building in the cloud with certain infrastructures, et cetera, right? Like yeah. people need to go to that to level up and build the right site, find the right help, et cetera. So even if there was an ABC cloud community that had everybody on there, they might still go to the company's one because it's more precise, right? Like, and, and, and people are doubling down. So those are some awesome anecdotes. Now, if, if you're SaaS company ABC and you're just starting today and you have 20 competitors, in the community you make, if it's obvious to focus on your product, that's obvious, right? Like you're going to put all your clients in Slack and tell them to all invite five people and just stuff them with case studies and, and new launches. That's, that's obvious. And that's easy. 
let's think about, you know, how, how could it possibly work better? Well, we realize if it's a sales technology to um, benefit a sales rep, there's probably some sort of stack that they're in. Why don't we support everything that's not us there, right? Like you're, you're uh, a sales engagement platform. Let's, let's support all the, the data providers. Let's support everybody. And, and, and then all of a sudden you're building and, and then of course you say, okay, this is how we play well with them. You know, the purpose of your community needs to be to help your client and, and to support them, et cetera. But, you know, in this day and age, if you don't have a good game plan, you should tie into communities that are, that are already out because we're figuring it out and, and we're figuring it out for you, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And um, that sort of leads nicely then into that. So the next piece of, and, and this has been touched on a little bit, is how can like sales depend on the community, but how do sales reps or sales leaders, um, how do they get the most value from these communities? Because I think there is a huge tendency for people just thinking this is a new database of people um, to approach and um Josh, as you said, from a business perspective, if your purpose is to make money, then then um, it, it, it's likely to fail. So, from your take, Josh yourself, what? How do you think you gain most value from communities? And and we, I guess, it all ties back into the things we talked about at the very beginning, like learning and um, sharing and the R, and things like that. It'd be, be interesting yeah. to take that a bit further. I think you know it depends as well that that question on whether you've set up your own community or you're in somebody else's community i think the kind of success metrics are, are, are a little bit different um i think you know every kind of community engagement long term does come down to roi and how much time and money do you spend there and what does it what does it make you that's what we're held ultimately accountable to um by our partners but i think there's so many other benchmarks that you can use um, to, to kind of have success in communities. I mean, one is, you know, look at your NPS scores probably go up as you're inviting um, customers into the, into the communities. Um, I think that's a, a pretty good place to, to look and allow your customers to, to speak to one another. Because I think beyond kind of all the surveys we send out, that's probably where we get our, our best learnings. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it ultimately does tie down to money, but I'd say for me personally, the biggest, the biggest success I've had from building my own is just self-development. I think, you know, you're constantly in a place where there's just this huge wealth of experience beyond what one person can have. So, you know, for me, we've got about 200 members, SVP um, or C-level for, for mostly enterprise organizations. And, you know, I've probably got 15 to 20 of their members that I can phone day and night for any piece of advice. So, you know, beyond generating revenue myself, the, the absolute biggest success by far is just the learning piece. It's being around people that, that elevate you every single day. And I think that then leads on to probably the biggest challenge for communities generally is how do you ingrain yourself um, into your kind of customers every single day? And that's something that we're still figuring out. And you know, if uh, if the two from Rev Genius have an answer to that, please let me pinch it because yeah, that's something that we're trying to work on now. Okay. Um, Kevin, have you got a slightly different lens to look through? Maybe as a sort of sales a sales leader looking into into a community. Yeah, and, and I think so. There's 
there's the sales communities that of course I think, and and again, I'm a part of them where it's all about self-development and growth and learning and and giving back. And I I love that. Um, But I also think what you're, what you're seeing from a lot of sales reps today is they're trying to build um, their own kind of even smaller communities around them, whether that's with other peers, um, you know, individuals that fall into their ICP so they can learn more about their marketplace, about what makes their buyers tick and and the challenges and problems that they have. And so um, again, I think there's a really clear line about, you know, uh, driving engagement versus the actual, you know, selling like that whole LinkedIn connect and pitch stuff. It's like, it's just all the bots, like it's absolutely horrible. It's atrocious. But I find that people that are able to go out there and just sort of build conversation and kind of get their name out there and build a sense of community is, is insanely valuable for them because buyers are changing, right? The way that they do research is changing. And you even see, I mean, I, I think I saw it twice uh, over the last week where, you know, um, and actually it was, it was Christina Finseth from Rev Genius Today. She's researching market automation. She's asking her community which, which solution she should buy, right? And so having, you know, so that there's these like long tail intrinsic values that you get from building these communities. But um, I think what's really important is understanding what you're trying to get out of it, like having a purpose of why you want to be a part of this, why you want to build it, um, because it can mean something completely different for, for everybody. Yeah, I think from, from my personal experience, like as a sales leader, it can mean not lonely, lonely, but as in who do you turn to for who, who do you ask questions to who you you've got you're trying to part your knowledge and experience down into the team. But actually, then who do you turn to? Um, and if there isn't another senior sales leader in the business that I mean, that's where I've found um, the communities I've been part of over the last six months or so, like um, unbelievable, actually. It's just like, yeah, they've got the same problem as me. They've asked a very similar question. Let's like, like understand that or let's go and talk to them. Or has anyone seen this type of problem um, or opportunity? Shouldn't be all just yeah, problems. And, <laughs> and, and that, that very, sharing has been just um, super, super valuable for me. And even for my my teams, like I've I've very much, I've encouraged my teams to go be a part of these communities, have mentors that are not me, right? Because uh, new ideas, uh, new opinions, different ways of approaching it, different ways of learning, right? Like I can sit down and try and teach my reps something, but maybe the way I'm trying to communicate it isn't as great for them, you know, even with the best effort. Um, and so having different approaches, having different um, kind of diversity of thought is, is in, insanely valuable um and needed and so yeah I, I think for as a sales leader it's great for for my team to go out there and do it and like you said sometimes that can be a, it can be a lonely place like who do you vent to like i can't vent to my team right and i can't vent to my boss right and so sometimes you just want to be able to talk to some people and just like get it out right <laughs> all right and so there there are some like you know again it's a kind of a unique value but it's uh it is a value it's there um josh a few moments ago you talked about some of the sort of roi of your community and that sort of sort of support into uh, sorry the link into trying to make some money um 
has anyone got any other thoughts, maybe uh, Gallum, Jared, around impact or what's an ROI of, of community? Um, yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, I'm seeing in our community now, reps are putting points on the board. They're putting meetings on the board. That's top of funnel. What, where else can you see and, you know, um, you know, set milestones against other companies? You could always see your data. And, and granted, you know, not everybody needs to share data and stuff like that, but just from like a meeting standpoint and there's, there's a massive echo chamber. Like, this is how you prospect. This is how you do this. This is how you close. And the people saying this often aren't showing their results <laughs> from doing this, right? Like we, we take it for granted by how many people attend, by how many people like their posts, right? That, that they're good. Yeah. We don't see the points on the board. We have outbound club. Now we have, you know, one sponsor with a, a leadership instance, another one, you know, all helping this. And we're seeing the points on the board. We have a member coming to us one meeting a week before entering um, this club, eight meetings in 10 hours, two days, same product, same audience, just a little help. That's massive ROI. Jeez. How many people watching this have people on their team booking four meetings a day on a Friday afternoon. Okay. Cold calling only where they weren't doing it. That's an 800% increase points on the board. So we're starting to do this and, um, and we're here to support and, and, you know, the evolution of our community was we're here to support and, and during COVID just being there was big. We're still in COVID, um, but we've had to evolve. And we want to evolve and align ourselves to managers and their KPIs, to reps and their KPIs, to reps behind the scenes and their goals to get promoted, et cetera. And let's, let's pin ourselves to data. Like, let's do this. Oh, by the way, we're no cost doing this. Like bring, bring your teams in and, and, and we'll help. And we, we have mentorship programs unleashing, but now we have even more granular mentorship programs towards specific roles and goals and setting benchmarks. And we're working with reps of major, of you know everybody on, that sees on LinkedIn and, and the results are there. The case studies are being made on an individual basis for the community. That's kind of exceptional, right? Like this isn't using product A before and after. This is coming into our community, you as an individual, meetings before and after promotions before and after etc and we're just getting started it's exciting plugged on <laughs> <laughs> that's an amazing story um and but that's so, roi right directly yeah. yeah and then so again sort of linked into that then so how there's I guess maybe it's not an art, but this idea of moving or the the relationship between community and then trying connections into the sales cycle. I mean, you've you've talked about it there, and obviously not the, the nuts and bolts of the sort of the the um, how did I get to the eight meetings? But that I guess that's a good example of 
So to, to your point, those eight meetings didn't come from calling other community members. I want to make that clear. No, no, it's from what they learn, right. isn't like, it? It's from what yeah, they learn yeah, in there. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I did community to get eight meetings. It's not. No, there's there's the rev genius effect that LinkedIn sees the spike up and to the right when you join, but this is different. Yeah, but I think that's the point, isn't it? Is that and we've again we touched upon this a bit earlier, but it's not the community. The role of the community is not there as the lead generator, but it is to give you some skills yep. um, and um, learnings to help improve whatever it is you're doing in your your sales cycle. But I guess typically, though, when we think about a network, that has been something that has been sort of more linked to the sales cycle. So I guess, is there, what's the connection? Or how, how, how would a sales rep, sales manager sort of move, um, move people into, a sales, into that sales cycle? And maybe Josh, have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's two things, probably um, influence and trust. Now, I think when we when we talk about community, often we say LinkedIn. And I think we forget that's just a platform. You know, community is, is the people. Community isn't the platform that the that the community is built on. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's I mean, there's no unified way to to shape a deal. I don't think virtually or in any type of community. But you know, I think with the the right level of, of influence and trust, naturally that that can happen. Um, and I think you just need to be creative on how you do that, how you share content differently to everybody else, how you educate the market, how you become this, you know, seen expert within your specific niche in that particular community. Um, you know, the sales should should always flow naturally, I think, in, in these sort of scenarios. So, yeah, the main thing for, for me on that is to become a person of influence and trust in whatever community you're in on whatever platform that is. Um, Kevin, you mentioned that you've encouraged your sales teams to get involved in communities. Um, is there, a, I guess, what's the link or what, what link are you hoping then that that will help with the sales cycle? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, I, I definitely look at communities and network as very, two very, very separate things. Again, like community being learning, um, growth, sharing, giving back. Um, the network and like social engagement, I think that's where um, uh, it's a bit different. And that's, that's really around, you know, I think maybe community too is like more around your peers and what you aspire to be around where your network is, is kind of more around your, the, your ICP and personas. And I think it's all about education, adding value um, and, and driving hand raisers. Like to an extent, to an extent, it's sort of, it's very much like a marketing feel and function, right? Like you can be posting content, educating your, your audience, adding value to them and really not asking for anything in return, um, but really trying to drive people to, you know, kind of look at you as that go-to person. If they have a challenge, they have a question, you're the expert they can go to, to ask those questions, get advice and insight. Um, and if they, they want to come and purchase your product or solution, they want to learn more about your solution and want a demo, they'll come to you. Like it's really about those, you know, almost driving hand raisers. But I, I do think the network and the social selling or engagement component to it and then your community are almost like complete church and state. Very good. And then, uh, and again, this this ties in a little bit then this the idea of multiple platforms and maybe uh, you, you talked about platforms uh, this idea that there is a platform and then there's communities within the platform. Um, but 
communities they work together um, like obviously we're probably all members of different communities and they might do different things for us um what's the is there like a community ecosystem that we're creating i don't know i to this point about this question with the different platforms is that what i'm learning is uh, i live in london uk and what i've what I've noticed is that a lot of communities starting here, they don't start on LinkedIn or on Slack. They usually start on WhatsApp, which is like overwhelming to me personally. I would choose not, if I started community again, I would choose not to do it on WhatsApp for many reasons. One being that I don't want that much anxiety with things popping up on my phone. And the second one would be like, if I'm trying to scale that community, I wouldn't never choose to do that on WhatsApp. But depends on like what the purpose is. Is it just a small knit group and that's your community and you want it to be more of an intimate experience and personal experience like that? Because it is very personal having that type of communication over WhatsApp. Everyone's name and phone numbers are there and that is personal. It's more intimate than it would be if you had it on any other platform. If you have it on LinkedIn, if you had it on Slack, as a user, as a member, you can pick and choose what people can know about you. Can't do that on WhatsApp. It's just, it's there, right? And anyone within that group who gets invited have access to that. So there's that, the privacy concern uh, for some people, uh, but also like from just the user experience and how you communicate, I personally find it overwhelming having to try to learn through a group that will be on WhatsApp. But it all depends on, again, what type of community is it? The ones I'm a part of is not, there are sales professionals, but their main purpose is for diversity, equity, and inclusion. So there's a lot of conversations around that. That's like one of the main ones. Then there is another sales community on there too that's migrating into something differently or another platform. But I think it's hard because when you're starting, you have to kind of choose something to call a home and you need to have some thought into what that will look like, not just now, but in the future as well and how that trans transition will look like as well. Yeah. And Joshua, I guess from your perspective on this idea of platforms, I guess like you had physical events yeah. nine months ago, um, obviously they'll come back, but that, that creates a, <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed, that yeah. creates a different um, challenge for you but there is that idea that you would sort of have multiple platforms within your own community yeah i mean we we started our community um with with all in-person events um so we used to do um a dinner every month in in london uh, we used to do kind of two big two and a half day closed door events in the uk um so yeah i mean it's been good for for not eating as much and not drinking but it's you know been a huge change for us in terms of the way now that we do business and when we were thinking about what to do virtually, we were we were definitely patient, almost behind the curve, I think, in kind of moving our community virtual. And we took a lot of time speaking to our members around what sort of platforms they feel most comfortable using, because what we found, especially with enterprise, you know, there was probably 50% of the companies that just, or maybe even higher, that didn't know what Slack was or didn't use it. And for us, it was a given, this community should be on Slack. But then, you know, from speaking to people, they were suggesting Microsoft Teams, and then we decided to build our own because it just kind of saved the argument on which one was better. So I don't think there is particular platforms that you should be married to. 
I think it literally depends where your customers feel, you know, the, the most safe and convenient and able um, to communicate. So, yeah, I think the, the, the main thing, though, is, is, is leverage all of them. There's, there's so many. You, know, you can have email for specific types of communication, Slack for another type of communication, your in-person events for a different type of purpose. Um, I think the only thing to consider with these platforms is, you know, what's the intention of using them? you need to be intentional with each platform that you that you introduce to the community yeah i i I'd build on this too like community is not a function of the platform it's a function of the people um the platform is a is a mode to get the communications going and, and there's some that might be slightly better than the others but let's be real the in-person events we're your community, right? And, and and let's say now it's digital. The Zoom or the Crowdcast or whatever are where the sponsors are putting their dollars or, or the thing is happening. That's away from Slack. That's away from Discord. That's away from LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all of that is. Uh, when you're one-to-one meeting, that's Zoom more often than not. Some platforms have that built in, some not. I, I mean, we... This is like the multi-million dollar question from a platform standpoint. We could build our own, but, oh man, what if we do that and it's the wrong move? Like like Slack, where we're at is where everybody's at. Is it the best? No, no, no. They, they don't want communities on there. You want to pay for them, they're going to take all your money, uh, et cetera. But they are a platform that's adapted quick, et cetera. And the key is build a community where people interact away from the platform as well. So that if you move platforms, they're still used to your Crowdcast page, your whatever.com events page. You, you know, I, th- I think that's a big thing. I think that's a big thing. Build your community away from the platform. Heck, you know, the leadership team, and we, we use WhatsApp for like three person conversations. <laughs> because it's easier you know it's about um away from the platform and that that's big and, and there's so many communities coming up it seems like there's probably a dozen viable communities to join a month that are coming up and i think uh it's leading to another challenge more fragmentation i think everything has a little niche and then as soon as folks want to start acquiring more members you have people that are part of 14 different communities, which is fine. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, Galen and I speak about this all the time because we see the wild, wild west happening. Keep your head down and, and keep putting the product out for your members at the core. And I, and I truly believe that there's going to be emerging at some point. There has to be. It, it, unless you're just having groups with all your best friends, there's just way too much clutter and, uh, and too much duplication. Took that a couple of ways. Pardon me. <laughs> um, like I'm conscious of time. So, um, does anyone have like coming back to the original sort of turning your business networks into sales communities? Is there anything that we've the um, we've not covered that if anyone wants to sort of raise now, um, or we can um, we can go to some closing remarks. I mean, one one point I would say is that if you're looking to to build one as a brand. Um, get your customers to build it with you. 
that's that's literally what we did we built uh, an advisory board um so you know we don't call it a sales community even though it's for sales leaders it's a customer community because it's built for our customers by our customers so that's just the the one thing that i leave everybody with if you're going to do it don't do it alone use your best customers to help you build this agree okay so just to summarize a few things then, because we, we covered a decent amount of ground. So in terms of communities and what they mean, um, Gellum, you eloquently talked about that belonging um, and, and learning. Um, and we also talked about them, don't set them up to, to sell. Um, that's, not that, that's not the, uh, the right, sort of necessarily the right starting point for them. Um, they're important kind of let customers talk to each other. Um, Jared, you talked about the ROI on it uh, from a, like you've seen how members have, have improved their performance back, a, back, in their, back in their job, which is um, the power of, of, um, of potential power of community. Um, this idea that we separate networks out communities, Kevin, you talked um, quite a bit around, around that. And I guess also from a sales leader's perspective, encourage your teams to get into communities and, and, and um, make the most, find out um, new mentors, new way of thinking and sort of help that um, become more rounded. Um, I'd like to thank um, everyone for their time today um, and thank our audience. Um, and on that note, we will uh, finish up. Thanks, everybody. Mm -hmm.